Welcome to the Sardis Fellowship Discipleship Podcast, where we record conversations around Christian discipleship issues meant to inspire your own faith conversation and help you on your walk as we all journey towards Jesus together. My name is Rob Schaff, and I'm the pastor of discipling at Sardis Fellowship Baptist Church in Chilliwack, BC, Canada. On today's episode, John Weber and I have a conversation surrounding understanding the place of prophecy in the life of a disciple of Christ. It was originally recorded on Wednesday, July 21st, 2021. John Weber is passionate about seeing men in the church dive deeper in their discipleship journey. You can email him at johnpodcast@shaw.ca. That's J-O-H-N podcast at shaw.ca. Thanks so much for listening. Hi, Rob. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> today yeah. is uh, your show. What are we talking about today? Well, a couple of things have gone through my mind over the last couple of months, all kind of come together. I've been doing a study with my friend Alex in terms of end times in America's or the U.S.'s place in end times. So I've been going through that. I don't know if I agree with everything, but I, it raised in me the importance of understanding prophecy. And so I don't want to go down necessarily end times discussions in Revelation, but some of the dangers that we're warned about that we should take very seriously. I have to say, uh, I've looked at some other books. Uh, I've read a book, Ron Rhodes, The End Times in Chronological Order. Another one, Tim LaHaye and Thomas Ice have written a, a nice book, Charting the End Times. And all of them, in their prefaces in the first chapters, deal with the importance of prophecy. So they're not rushing into rapture, tribulation, millennial type of issues. They're starting right at the front end of why prophecy is important. And I think it speaks to us today in these times because uh, right now, the world has never been positioned as it is now in terms of worldwide ability for dominance. Uh, Social media, Conspiracy theories, we can see how people are so apt to believe lies. So I think it's time that we as a church and believers take prophecy and the warnings in prophecy very, very carefully. When it comes to prophecy, let's let's start there. I agree. Sure. One thing I'd like to start with is for those that are listening, you could get pretty... Um, Afraid. You, I could raise fear when you talk about end times or the situation today that is arising. And I just want to make sure that we understand as believers in Christ that we don't have anything to worry about. Hebrews 13, it says, The Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? He's with us. So starting with that, let's start talking about prophecy. One of the chapters or books in the Bible that deals with prophecy. It's in 1 Thessalonians 5. It talks about how the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are feeling comfortable, they're saying peace and safety, destruction will come suddenly. But you brothers and sisters or believers are not in darkness, so the day shouldn't come like a thief to us. Bit of a warning right there. Be prepared. That's why it's important. The Bible's telling us, be prepared. So we're not surprised. Verse 20, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on what is good, reject every kind of evil. What does it mean to look at something with contempt? To say it's not true or it's just a symbol. 
say, well, the Bible isn't literal, which is kind of interesting because when you look at the, what prophecy can do for us as believers, it should actually strengthen our faith. Prophecy equips us for what, has hap- what is going to happen in the future, but there's an awful lot of prophecy that's fulfilled that we've seen. I'll talk about that in a moment. Prophecy helps us know there is a God. It also is literally fulfilled, which should encourage us as Christians that this Word of God can be taken literally. Another issue that it helps the church, if we're aware and wary, then it prepares us to avoid the deception of false prophets in today's world. But let's look at Scripture for a minute, and just a quick reminder. And these are verses that are familiar. We all know about 2 Timothy uh, verses 16 and 17 in, in chapter 3, all scripture is God-breathed, is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And First Peter 1 is interesting, in, in, there, in verses 19 to 21, it actually says, above all, you must understand that no prophecy or scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will. But prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So when we read the Word of God and we read prophecy, we are reading what God put into the hearts and minds of the writers or the prophets. We're living in a kind of an interesting age. This is serious stuff that's going to happen now, I should say. Before Satan is allowed to go too far, Christ is coming back and will defeat him. But... The times for Christians and the persecution that will continue to arise today is going to be severe. So how do we prepare? So that's why this is important to me. Um, Okay, so let me ask you some questions about prophecy uh, from your perspective. Uh, What do you think the point of prophecy is? The point of prophecy, I think, was to highlight to humankind that there is a God. He is in control. He knows the future, and he's put proofs into place, especially surrounding the the people, the Hebrew people, who were his chosen people and still are. And if we didn't have these signs, then how would we know there's a God? The fulfilled prophecy helps us see that, wait a minute, there is a plan. And though we can't know all the details, the timing that God knows, because he's sovereign, it will be fulfilled. Prophecy is as much looking back as it is looking forward, right? Prophecy is speaking covenant truths into current realities. And so in Old Testament prophets, they were actually calling people back to the blessings and the curses that God laid out before them back in the day with Moses when he first made the covenant with the people of Israel. He said, you know, I lay before you death and life, blessing and curse, choose life. And, you know, then he laid out uh, all of the things that would happen if they if they walked with God and had a relationship with God. It was a life of blessing. And then all of the curses that would happen if they didn't. Uh, when I think of prophecy in the Old Testament, especially, and, and in the New Testament, because it's within that prophetic tradition, I think of relationship with God is always the, the center. It's always the key. And there are some, you know, pretty scary prophecies that come to pass, but it's it's always redemptive, restorative. The point of it is always to bring God's people back to God and 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 God back to God's people. And so um, that's one thing that I think is is absolutely essential when it comes to understanding the point of prophecy in the life of a believer. It should 
always drive us to turn towards God, um, never away from God, never away from the church. If it does that, then it's it's uh, being misunderstood. Oh, and I agree. There, it's interesting that the Jewish people, especially when Jesus was alive and even prior to his time, were looking for this Messiah. They didn't recognize Jesus as the Messiah, or many didn't, but he was the Messiah. But they were looking, and they were looking because of prophecy. They weren't reading it right. We know that in Genesis, from the seed of a woman, the Messiah was going to come. The line of Seth, uh, Shem, Abraham, it all came through him. Judah, it it talks about born of a virgin, every little bit of it. And then it's fulfilled. Uh, I mean, today we look back and say, well, how could they have missed it? Right, and why did they? Yeah, but they did, and uh, thankfully we can see it. I think there's a warning in there, though, for us, though. And that is that if, if the people who were very devout, and very religious missed, you know, the Messiah because they were reading prophecy in a very specific way and it caused them to miss it. That's the second thing that I think is super important when it comes to conversations surrounding prophecy. The people that missed Jesus had a lot of right answers when it came to what they thought the prophecy meant and they ultimately missed Jesus. We can spend a lot of time arguing over the details about these things. We should be careful when we when we think about because you're saying, you know, like, hey, prophecy is like literally literally happens. Um, and and I think that it's very important that we are very careful with how we articulate it, what it looks like when it literally happens. Do you know what I mean? Because I think I, I agree, like everything that's prophecy prophesied happens. Rarely does it look like what people thought it was going to look like. Um, and so just, you know, humility when it comes to our conversations, I think for the listener, right, for, um, for the people that are listening to this conversation, um, don't forget to include a, a big heaping spoonful of humble pie as we, uh, you know, as you dialogue about prophecy with brothers and sisters and with non-believers too. Well, that, it's a good segue. First John 3, 3 says, everyone who has this hope fixed on Jesus, and we have, that's who we're fixed on for our eternity, uh, purifies himself just as he is pure. So we're in this process of, or should be, in this process of trying to purify ourselves. Now, in a sinful world, that's tough. Uh, I'm an example of that. It is tough. I think we all are. <laughs> uh, so we have all kinds of distractions that we were warned about. I, I agree with you that the people at the time prophecy was fulfilled maybe didn't expect it that way or misinterpreted it. But we must, when we look back, we can say it literally came true, as literally stated. So let's look at Jesus and Jesus' word in Matthew 24 for a minute. Listeners, get out your Bibles right now, and you may want to just read the whole thing when you have a moment. Put this on pause. But first of all, Jesus is on the Mount of Olives having a discourse with his disciples. And they say, uh, when will this happen? And the disciples say, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Jesus says, watch out that no one deceives you. Very direct warning to the disciples. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. Verse 10, at that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. But, and just a bit of encouragement, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Verse 24, for false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Pretty serious stuff. Now he goes on at the end and says, you know, the Son of Man will appear and everything else, but 
between that time, there is going to be a lot of persecution. What I take from there is this idea of false prophets, false teachers, and the, and the fact that people are going to be falling away. Uh, in Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy, uh, the Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. So now we got a supernatural aspect, a, a spiritual warfare that is happening. Now, when you read End Times, and maybe in a future podcast we can get into this more, who is the devil, we get the indication from Revelation that his activity is going to increase. The deception is going to get greater as time goes on. And I think we can see that if we look at society today. Paul, even in his day, recognized false believers. Um, he came back to Jerusalem to meet the, the apostles uh, to talk about what he had been doing and to, get, and to get confirmation that going to the Gentiles was a worthy and would have their support. And so he came back and he came with uh, Titus and Barnabas and they came and Titus hadn't been circumcised. He became a believer, but he hadn't been circumcised. And so it created an issue. And this is what it says about it in verse 4. This matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment. Now here's a man who I would say was closer to God than most anybody I would know, because or to Jesus. He had the Damascus Road experience, and yet being infiltrated in those days. Are we seeing infiltration today? The church has always been a mixed bag between people that have true, living, authentic faith and between people that are maybe searching and then between people with their own ulterior motives. Um, it's been that way since Paul. It's been that way for 2,000 years. And so, yeah, I think if you're saying, um, you know, we need to be on our guard against false teachers and against false believers, man, I would agree with you. And then if you're saying, too, you know, the devil uses that more and more and more and a compound sort of an effect. Central to this whole discussion is the idea, is, is stuff getting worse? There are people in the church today that um, have ulterior motives that Satan is using to destroy what God is trying to build up, for sure. That's like the oldest struggle in the Bible. It's on page one, chapter one, two, three of Genesis, and it, it finishes in Revelation. Do you know what I mean? One of the reasons, as I've mentioned before, I'm concerned is for my loved ones. But I, when I say that, I have to say, and love your neighbor. That means we have to take up the world around us and see what's happening and say, how do we, as disciplers, interact? This is where one of my favorite verses um, when it comes to this, Matthew 10, 16, and it goes like this, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. I think that that's the calling of disciples in the middle of whatever time you find yourself in, right? Well, let's take a look at it in terms of wisdom. A couple, I've watched now with people a YouTube video, which I recommend to everybody, and it's called American Gospel. There's a 40-minute version, which is free, and there's a 2-hour and 19-minute version that you can get for 2 bucks. It is looking at the church in the U.S., and some of the names have incredible impact in Canada. And it's what it's really looking at is a, a movement within the U.S. and Canada, which is called the Word of Faith movement. 
and it has now spread throughout the world. And if you want to know more about it, watch the video, but briefly, it's the prosperity gospel, healing ministries. But at the core of them all is that if we're created in the image of God, we're little gods. And if you're a little god, you can create yourself. Now, as Christians, we know that's not possible, but people proclaiming to be Christians are the ones that are proclaiming this. Yeah, and, and just to bring maybe listeners up to speed, uh, if you don't know the term prosperity gospel, it's just this idea that God wants you to be wealthy, God wants you to be healthy. If you aren't those two things, you're outside of God's plan for your life. It, it kind of some phrases that come out of that are like this name it and claim it idea that uh, God wants to give you the things that you want. And it sounds very appealing to a consumeristic and commercialistic uh, Western mind where we're like, yeah, I want a genie. And it basically treats God like a genie. Well, it's attractive, like you said. One of the problems is it's very attractive to the vulnerable, people that are ill. Those are struggling to meet their budgets. Those that are in domestic issues and problems. All you have to do is have enough faith and your problems will be solved. Really? And these people will say to you, well, if it's not happening, I guess you don't have enough faith. Yeah, that's right. And another big problem that it's basically the antithesis of what Jesus taught and how he lived. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's a completely opposite. And it shows no love of God or your neighbor. Right. It's love of self. self. Yeah, totally. Uh, and these uh, people, and I'll mention some, Joel Olstein, Kreklo Dollar, Benny Hinn, are all mentioned in this video, plus many more. Uh, some of the charlatan methods used to extract money that are making these people wealthy is exposed. What's behind it, though, is what bothers me. I want to be a little god. I want to be able to create the city. If I believe it well enough, Joel Olstein will say that. You know, if you believe it'll happen, claim it. State it and claim it. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible's clear about persecution and, and managing through. So why this is important... And, and we know that many are going to fall away. Scripture's filled with verses about falling away. I, I mentioned some of them. I don't want that to be my children. I don't want it to be my grandchildren. I don't want it to be their children. I don't want it to be my neighbor. Isn't it funny that false teachers will take the distractions we're called to avoid? The prophecy says, watch out for self-worship. Well, watch out for worship of wealth and worship of power and all these false gospels and, and false idols in a person's life, what a false teacher does is take those false idols and makes them into the gospel, right? Wealth will save you. Power will save you. Name it and claim it. All of these things. And, um, and then, yeah, you're, I mean, I, I can get on board hundred percent with what you're saying. Those are like false teachers. They are false gospels. They're everywhere. Um, and they are unfortunately incredibly influential. And, um, and they definitely fail, you know, the first two or three things, right? So if the point of prophecy is to draw us closer in our relationship with God, that doesn't draw us closer in our relationship with God. That takes us away from our relationship with God. That's one of the easiest ways to spot a false teacher, right? If they're not preaching a gospel that draws us That's towards right. Jesus, then, then what are they doing? The, the problem is, and why they're getting it, they come in the name of Jesus. Yeah. They, they claim his name falsely. Mm. They come from within the church environment. Mm -hmm. So it seems like safe to those that are there. And again, people are vulnerable. Everybody is. For some reason, they want more. You and I want more for the family. Let's be honest about it. 
We'd love it if we could pay the bills a little easier, what have you. But we trust in God. We have to. But too many people are now starting to trust in gifts from the healers or, you know, if I send, you know, 20 bucks and get this ribbon, uh, my life is going to improve. It's, it's, it's sad. It is sad and it's predicted to come during the end times. So is what we are seeing is a rise of something that is now being fulfilled in our lifetime. I don't know what the next span of time is till the rapture and tribulation, but we are definitely seeing something very specific. In our conversation uh, beyond this podcast, you're talking about how it's actually even more complicated than what we're talking about now. Sometimes, without even realizing it, we end up supporting a false gospel just because of the way that the systems are working. That's an important, that's an important conversation. We'll probably have to have it another time. John, what are, the, what are the takeaways for a disciple when it comes to prophecy? What do we say in here? A couple of things. First of all, do not be a moderate Christian. Just don't sit back and let the world go around you. Don't come to church expecting to have an easy ride of it. I mean, worship, enjoy, but at the same time, be prepared to be challenged. Hear messages and listen to it. And be like the Bereans and test what you hear if you have problems with it. Test truth. Test the spirits. Equally as important, don't take lightly the signs that prophecy have indicated are going to be yet to come because they are happening now and the rise of false teaching is only one and if you agree with that shouldn't you be concerned about your purity it starts me thinking what if jesus were to call us to meet him in the air right now would i be there would my wife be there would my children be there would my grandchildren be there with me and if they weren't for some reason because I don't make the decisions that they have to make. Are they prepared well enough and prepared for the persecution that's coming to hold faith and truth? In an earlier podcast, I had mentioned how I don't really care at all about end time stuff. Uh, and that kind of struck you as odd. And I think that's one of the reasons why we're having this conversation. Um, it's because I think that this has been like a, a productive and positive conversation. But me and many in my generation have not had productive conversations around end time stuff or around prophecy. It's been mostly fear-based. It's been unredemptive. It's been a way to control in a way that isn't God-honoring. It has been false teaching. And so um, a lot of people, though, uh, are afraid of it just because it's it's a lot. It's a lot. And they think, man, I just wish that this would happen to somebody else. And this is where it reminds me of the Tolkien quote, uh, so it's Frodo and it's Gandalf talking and Frodo says, I wish I'd need not have happened in my time. And Gandalf says, so do all who live to see such times, but that's not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. I think that that's the Christian discipleship journey in a nutshell. Um, we are called to live in the times that we are called to live in. And then we are called to carefully uh, choose what we are going to do with that time. And you have said, hey guys, a big part of prophecy is don't ignore what it's trying to point out. And I agree wholeheartedly. 
Thanks so much for listening to our conversation. Here are some questions for your further reflection on this topic. First, what role has prophecy played in your own life? Second, what are some false teachings that you are aware of? And third, what do you do when you come face to face with teachings that draw you away from the gospel? Thanks again for listening. Go to SardisFellowship.com for more information about our church. Or if you'd like to join the conversation, you can email me, Rob, at SardisFellowship.com, or you can email John at johnpodcast at shaw.ca. Join in the conversation. Let us know what you think. Thanks so much. See you next time.